What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Welcome back to the latest installment of the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Jack, joined here by two special guests. We have hockey expert, NHL insider, Alex Templin, uh, along with my roommate, Frankie. Oh, wait, wait, Alex isn't your roommate, too. (laughs) No, we brought in the special insider, and then I just, my roommate decided just to, to jump on board as well. That's wow. That's, wow. That's, a, that's a low blow right from the start there, Jack. But thanks for having me back, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't talked to you guys in the college. Dude. How's everybody doing? We're hanging in there. I am, at least. What have yeah. you guys, what's been your number one go-to activity since we've been, since, since we've been out of the classroom? What's been your number one go-to activity? Work. That's fair. That's fair. Eat chicken tenders. Oh, per usual. That sounds so good, though. What about so, you, Frankie? I've been going to the driving range a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I've been working on my swing a little bit. Whoa. My see, usually my drivers are money. My driver's been the problem at the range most recently. My irons have been my irons have been good. Hmm. Drivers have been a problem. Driver has been a problem. You don't have multiple drivers, but I guess you you could. I carried two drivers in high school golf. Did you actually? Yeah. And then what I actually, and then in a match, actually, I broke one. So you had, so that you, then you were clutch right there. Yeah. I told my coach that I carried two drivers and he was getting worried because like you can only have 14 clubs, but like little did he know, I only carried like nine or 10 clubs in my bag. Let me ask you a question then. What happens? Say you carry only one putter and your putter's broken. What happens that you just putting with your driver? <laughs> yeah. You'd probably put with your three wood. Okay. Or your okay. lowest wood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you always do. You always do. Um, I guess we can uh, we can get in some some hockey. Playoff hockey is here finally. It's been uh, a fantastic start. All of these games have has. been really good too. All of these games have been real good. Uh, so far at the time of recording, we've had the Pens Isles game one, game one and two of Caps. Bruins. What else? Help me out. Um, Vegas and Minnesota. Uh, did you? You didn't say. Uh, so I'll just run through the results real quick. Uh, Islanders beat the Penguins four three in overtime. Uh, Capitals beat the Bruins four to three in overtime in Game One, and then lost four to three in overtime in Game Two tonight. Um, Wild and Knights. The Wild won nothing in overtime yesterday. Great game. That was my favorite game so far. That was my favorite so far. It was a fantastic game. And then my favorite game so far, last night, 
the Panthers and the Lightning. Lightning won 5-4. And then tonight we also had uh, the Hurricanes beat the Predators 5-2. Wow, they ended up winning 5-2. Last time I checked, it was 3-2. Yeah, and then the Avalanche and Blues are in progress right now. Where's the score that one nothing have still? One one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a crazy sport. It's a crazy sport. <laughs> uh, I have a quick note about the Caps Bruins on the bro- on the yeah broadcast tonight. He mentioned I forget who it was, but he one of them said in their the two teams in their last 10 playoff games yes, against each yes. other decided by one goal and that single game that was extended to 11 tonight yeah, yeah one goal games the last 11 the last time they played caps bruins i think it was 2012 it was the year after the bruins won and it was a first round series capitals bruins went seven games and every single goal was a one goal game wow and the and joel ward scored in overtime in game seven to win that series for the caps and then the Caps lost to the Rangers in seven, round two. And that year was the Devils. That was the Henrique it's over year when the Devils lost to the Kings in the Stanley Cup. Crazy. That was a good Crazy. year. Should we start? Uh, let's, you want to start right with the East then? Because now that we're talking about it, we're right on the Sure. We're talking about the East. Let's start with the East. And why don't we start with the number one seed in the East? Let's do it. Our let's beloved do it. Penguins. So we going we going through the series then we go like one four two three, yeah. All right, yeah. So I could start yeah, with the sorry. Penguins then. Uh, Penguins, yeah, they won the division for the first time since 2013-14. They finished 37-16 and three. Uh, they made the playoffs for a 15th consecutive season despite a slow start, some major injury issues, as well as their GM resigning seven games into the season. And again, it was Captain Sidney Crosby who sparked the Pens' turnaround and carried them to, to the division title. And although GM Jim Rutherford left abruptly, uh, his recent acquisitions were the boost the Penguins needed this year. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, Mike Matheson, and Checks Notes, Cody Cece, all had excellent years. And then depth, ac- depth acquisitions like Evan Rodriguez and Frederick Gaudreau proved important when the Pens were riddled with all those injuries at one point. They had six of their top nine forwards out, um, as well as they were missing Evgeny Malkin for a good portion of the year. Uh, and the goaltending was pretty much a nightmare at the beginning of the year, but Tristan Jari rebounded in March and finished the season with above average numbers. Um, and then new GM, Ron Hextall, uh, didn't come in and make a lot of moves. Uh, he only re- he only made two moves this whole season, he claimed defenseman Mark Friedman from the Flyers off waivers. And then the big deal for the Penguins at the trade deadline, acquiring 36-year-old Jeff Carter from the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, there were some questions whether Carter was a good fit in the lineup. Uh, and that was answered very quickly. Uh, Carter scored nine goals in 14 games with the Penguins, the most of any traded player. Uh, and then finishing off with the Penguins, um, they were second in goals for this year, but only 18th in goals against. And fourth, they had the fourth ranked power play, but their PK was in the bottom fourth of the league. Um, and then Frank, do you have anything to add on the Pence or should I go right into the aisles? No, no, keep running nothing on the Pence. Actually, I do have one thing I want to add on the Pence. So Mike Sullivan, who I believe is probably a top three coach in the NHL right now, 
heat this entire year. I mean, I, I mean, I only watch the pens cause I'm with the, I'm, I'm with these, with these bozos at Pitt all the time. So every single time they have the pens game on, I'm, I'm also, I'm also sitting in the room with them most of the time and the post-game interviews, every single time Mike Sullivan has always says he's never had a team committed to playing as good as hockey as this pen, this Penguins teams had throughout this year so far. He says that consistently. He says, I've never, he says there, I just have so much confidence in this room, so much confidence in the way they play, the way they carry themselves. And I think that says a lot coming from a coach who's won two Stanley cups already. So I think that really does say a lot about that team. Absolutely. Should be a candidate for Jack Adams award for coach. He, he always too. He always should be. Probably him or Rod Brindamore in Carolina. Yep, definitely. But yeah, I'll go right into the Islanders then. Uh, Islanders finished 32, 17 and seven, make the playoffs for the third consecutive year. Um, really by sticking to that Barry Trotz defensive system. Mm-hmm. Um, it was their defensive structure and excellent goaltending that led the Isles to finish second in goals against this year. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, uh, 929 save percentage, 204 goals against, and tied for the league league in shutouts. And then Russian rookie Ilya Sorokin, 918 save percentage, and 217 goals against. Uh, and they they just missed out on winning the Jennings Trophy for fewest goals allowed by a goaltending duo. Um, the Isles were dealt a huge blow when they lost their captain, Anders Lee, in March. Um, which required season-ending surgery. Um, but the Philly GM, Lou Lamarillo, acquired winger Kyle Palmieri and center Travis Zajac from the New Jersey Devils. And this deal really looked like a good one right off the bat, and it seemed uh, seemed like they were the perfect fit. Like everyone everyone that Lamarillo gets, you could, you could just say, well, he can fits I, wait, right in with the Islanders. Can I hop in here really quickly? Yeah, about, go ahead. Just about that trade, because I remember when that trade happened. I hate the Islanders. No, no disrespect to anybody here. No disrespect to any Islanders fans. They're a very, very good team. No you can dis- disrespect them. It's okay. No, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna disrespect them because they play hockey the right way and they're a really good team. But I remember when that trade first happened. I texted Alex right or, or Tampa. I should say Tampa. I texted Tampa right away, and I was like, "That is just an unbelievable acquisition." I mean, they fit perfectly. Like that was just a perfect. It just see at the time, at least, it seemed like a perfect deadline acquisition. Didn't work out right away. Then in game one, I guess it did, right? Yep, yep, and yeah. Like Frankie said, didn't work out right away. Uh, the Isle, the Islanders struggled down the stretch, and uh, they were under five hundred after the trade deadline. Uh, but so contrary to the Pens, the Islanders have a bottom third power play in the sixth ranked PK. Um, other than that, there isn't much else to say about this team. Everyone knows how they play. Exactly. You know what you're getting from the Islanders. You know what you're getting from the Islanders. No, 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 no secrets anymore. Yep. Sit back, pounce on mistakes. Um, you know, and it's their defensive style that makes them so frustrating and hard to and- play against. They're also really, really underrated on the transition too. They'll just wait for you to make that one turnover. Next thing you know, it's a two-on-one. You know, like yep. w- out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And yeah, they have a lot of speed too. You know, they're they're conservative, like you're saying, but dangerous and opportunistic. Hey, conservative is um, not a bad thing. Conservative, conservative, mm-hmm. not, especially in the playoffs, not a bad thing at all. Yep. And then uh, just one final note is the Isles did struggle against the East top two teams, the Penguins and Capitals. They did. Uh, just just four wins in their 16 games. Um, and that's all I have uh, for that whole series then. Yeah you, pre- yeah, you pretty much said everything that I wanted to say. The Islanders are just, they're the pesky Islanders. They're stingy, pesky, whatever way you want to call them. They always just seem 
even when it looks like I mean, even in game one, I'm watching that game. I watched the whole game with my dad. My brother texted me. He's like, man, the Islanders stink. I was like, it was a, and that's when the Pens were up 2 1. The Islanders looked awful. The next thing you know, all of a sudden, they just get two chances and they score. That's just the way they play. They just sit back. They're really hard to play against. They're really hard to play against. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's that whole, the whole East division. I, I mean, I, I will 100% say that the East is by far the toughest division in the league. I don't think you can even argue that either. Think about the Rangers, even the Flyers, like the Rangers and the Flyers, if they're in a different right. division, is there a, could they make the playoffs? I mean, you can make a fantastic argument that in any other division besides the East, East both of those teams would have made the playoffs. You really could. And they're the, and they're five and six in that division. Definitely. Oh yeah. Of the top four in the East, the worst differential goal differential is plus 28. Yeah. Which that's crazy. It also helps too that because that they're playing New Jersey and Buffalo eight times a year as well, and they both yeah. Times. From what I can tell, the division is like pretty top heavy of just in terms of goal differential. The first yeah. five teams and the bottom three are um, not great, but um, I yeah. mean, there's there's six really good teams in the East, and there's two really bad teams in the East. That's just how it was this year, mm-hmm. and yeah. I uh, last thing I. From my notes, just wanted to shout out Crosby. Uh, actually, how about you guys guess? Maybe, maybe Temp knows, but Crosby's 169 playoff games in his career. How many points does he have? 169 playoff games? Oh, no, it's yes. not 210. Is it 182? I was going to say 180. I would say 180. Uh, 190. Wow, dude. Yeah, so that's that. I think the second among all their active players, I mean, players in the playoffs this year, I what was Ovechkin is next, and I think he's at 132 playoff postseason points. That's probably it, right? Who would come closest? Yeah. Maybe Kane. Maybe Kane. Well, he's not in the playoffs. Yeah, and and honestly, he probably hasn't even had as many playoff games. He, I know he has. He's he's had, he's had three cups at this point, but he honestly still he might not even have as many playoff games as those two have. Wow. They, they're just there every year. Crosby also scored his 69th career playoff goal yesterday. You know who else has 69 career playoff goals? Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin. Whoa. Um. All right. So. Speaking of Ovechkin, we'll jump over to the Caps. Caps Bruins, uh, as we said, had game two tonight. Tough loss for the Capitals. Uh, I'll give Frankie yeah. the floor first. So just going off of game one, just watching game one, I really thought the Capitals were the better team from the minute that puck dropped. I really, really did. I thought they deserved that game. They deserved to win that game from the from the get-go. Um, the Caps... I don't know. I don't have a stat on this, but I just feel like out of all their players, they are the biggest team in the NHL. Like they take up so much space on the ice and they make you pay for every single inch that they give up. They'll, they'll, there's somebody who's like stuffing you against the boards and that's how they need to play because they're not a fast team. And this is my problem with them last year. This is what I said last year after they lost to the Islanders. They're not fast. They're, they don't play with a lot of speed. And that's how the NHL is trending towards right now. You need to have speed to win nowadays. And nowadays, the, the Caps really don't. So they need to play. They need to grind. They need to beat you up a little bit. And that's how they played. They played that way tonight, too. Um, but they're good. They're still really good. 
but then it always comes down to goaltending. And I was my biggest question mark going into this year was their defense, but they made a lot of good um, offseason signs with their defense, like Justin Schultz. They re-upped Brendan Dillon. They bring in Chara. They bring in Trevor Van Riemsdyk. And then Michael Kempney, who's been out for over a year and a half at this point, he's still an NHL defenseman. He he had a season-ending injury that lasted for a year and a half at this point, but he's ready to go now too. So they have eight defensemen, eight legitimate NHL defensemen that can play. So the defense is not their problem, and they're going to score goals. They always get their chances. They have good, really good top six. They're going to get their chances. And then, of course, a week before the season starts, they're – who was supposed to be their starter this year, who didn't really end up being their starter, but Ilya Samsonov, he goes on the COVID-19 protocol list for the second time this year. So he's done. He can't, he can't, he can't even dress for game one of the playoffs. He could have dressed tonight, but he didn't, but he couldn't dress for the game one of the playoffs. And then they have a rookie Vitek Vanacek, who I love. He's a little small goalie in there. He's got, he looks so small in that, doesn't he? Tam, do you agree with that? Like he just looks small in there sometimes. I do agree. Which is not nothing, not something you want to hear about your starting goalie. But he's a rookie. Right. He, he just he just looks small. Not that he's bad, but he's just smaller. He's just way smaller on average than most of the goalies in the league. He five minutes into game one, he gets hurt, and then they have to bring in a forty-year-old or thirty-nine-year-old Craig Anderson, Egg Anderson, because he's bald. No, no disrespect to bald people, but Craig, and he looks. He, I mean, he. The Caps didn't give up a lot in game one. A lot of the shots they gave up were from the outside. He didn't. He wasn't threatened that much, but he looked fine. He looked comfortable, and it seemed like when he came in, everybody still believed in him. And even tonight, he had a tough start, but the rest of the game, he was 100% fine. No no goals outside. He, the first two goals, I was a little bit questionable in game two, but outside of that, I mean, he was 100% fine. He was not the problem tonight. He was not the problem at all tonight. And, um, Can I interrupt real quick? Yeah, yeah. Did you hear one of the geniuses on the uh, Canadian broadcast? Talk, they were talking about Vanacek's injury last night. Oh, like yeah, a, I did hear that. It was a tweak or something. And he yeah. said yeah, – so he, he pulled a muscle or something. Like, a, not a good injury for a goalie to not get too all. stretched out. Yeah. But, yeah, someone was on – one of the intermission analysts said that that can't happen and it's inexcusable for a goalie to be pulling muscles while playing, which is just – he was a ludicrous a, statement. He was in a full split where by the time <laughs> the puck went in the net, and then he got hurt. And then the, that was a really gutsy game one win. The only problem is tonight they're up 3-2 with five minutes left. That's yeah. one you got to shut down. Right. That's one you got to shut down. And they, yeah, I mean, they didn't. They didn't get a lot. I'm not. I'm never going to be a guy who blames the refs 100% on the loss, but they didn't get a lot of help from the refs tonight in the first two periods. Then all of a sudden, period three starts, they get two straight power plays. They don't score on either of those power plays, but right as, as soon as the second one ends, they score. Now they're up 3-2 and there's 10 minutes left in the game. You got to close that down. If you're at home, you really, really have to close that down because now you're going to Boston. And Boston has been the hottest team in the East after the trade deadline. They picked up Taylor Hall. There's old, There's been a lot of question marks about Taylor Hall up until this point. They pick him up. He was hot from the get-go. As soon as he got to Boston, he was hot. He ties the game with two minutes left. Yeah. Then Boston wins in overtime. And that was a really great pickup for them. They also got – Mike Riley was a free agent – or I'm sorry, trade deadline acquisition, right? Yes. He had a very good game tonight. He had a very, very good game tonight. 
And then they, and Connor Clifton was healthy for the first time all series tonight. The, granted, it was two games, but he was healthy for the first time in a while tonight. Took out Jeremy Lazon. And I know Connor Clifton doesn't play with the same sort of jam that Lazon does. Lazon's a little bit of a scrappy guy. Clifton's not like that. He's more skilled. But still, they bring him back. That's and Boston has been so hot, and it's it's Boston. I mean, any sport, I just feel like Boston. If you get Boston in the playoffs, it's just a tough matchup. They're, I don't know. They just for some reason that city just always finds a way to win, and it stinks. True. The only one, the only other thing I want to say about the Caps historically, they always beat Boston. They really do. That's the only thing that I'm holding on to hope with. Um. But yeah, that's all I got. I mean, I don't have much on that series. I mean, Caps, good team, big team. Boston plays with a lot of speed, has the best first line in the league. Defensive core, I had a lot of questions going into this season about. Still, I think it's a little bit underrated. And then you have Tukarask on the back. I mean, he's he's fine. He's going to make the easy saves always. So, yeah, I don't know. That's all I have to on that series. I don't know if you have anything to add. Uh, not much. You covered pretty much everything. But, um, you know, Caps, top five. But, and – Power play, penalty kill, and goals for, and um, and Bo- and uh, in Boston's top ten in penalty kill and top ten in power play as well. Yeah, so two really good spe- on special teams. Like, don't it's gonna be it's gonna be a that series is gonna be a war, and it has been a war for two yeah. games. So, mm-hmm. and then I'm just gonna touch on the addition to of Manta. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like you said, you know the Caps are gonna beat you up. They take up a lot of space out there, and you know they really. They, GM really committed to that this year by acquiring Manta. Uh, gave up a lot, not too much, I don't think. A lot of people saying Detroit won that trade right away, but I don't, I don't I really see it that way. Um, I agree. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a good deal for both sides. But yeah, Manta, he he's tough to play against too. You just add another six-five guy to the Caps. That's that's not fun. And <laughs> but you covered much, pretty much everything for the Caps. And then just on the Bruins. Yeah, like I mean, like we said, solid defensive team, great special teams units. You know, they do the little things, and you know that's really what it comes down to in playoff hockey: winning faceoffs, hard on the back check. Yeah. But you know, I still think they they lack some depth on their they boards, do. on their they boards, do. and I've been saying all year, I think the Bruins' lack of depth will catch up to them eventually. Uh, you know, the the Bergeron line can't do it all, uh, and if you shut them down, I know it's. Not not exactly an easy task, but I think the Caps have what it takes. If they just shut down that line, they're they're gonna win the series. Uh, yeah, it's not an easy task, and they, they've been matching up. It's been uh, Sherry Roffel and Eller, but Eller actually left the game early tonight. And if they lose Eller, that is huge. That is huge. Eller Eller didn't play the second half of the game tonight. He's he left, so that's big. And Kuznetsov, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know where he's at as a as a teammate. I feel like a lot of the guys on the, in the locker room really don't like him. Then probably doing the coke. Yeah, I mean he he just made he he's been on the COVID nineteen protocol list twice this year already. Rumor has it so TJ Oshie, who is one of the most he probably he you could argue Oshie is the most important guy on the Capitals. His dad recently died, and rumor has it then that uh, Kuznetsov showed up late to the team meeting after that happened to talk about that, and that's why he's out. That's the rumor right now. He showed up late to what team meeting? So Oshi's dad died. Right. So rumor has it that they they like called a team meeting together because Oshi was going to be out for a little. So they just wanted to say like what was going on, like tell all the teammates what was going on before it got out to everybody else in the world. And then 
Because that's all showed up late to that. I don't know if that's true, but that's what a lot of people are saying. Interesting. One last, one last thing on this series. That the the Hathaway Dowd Hagelin line is unbelievable. They are so hard to play against, and now they're scoring too, and that's scary. That is very scary. They had a really good game tonight. They were the best line on the Caps tonight. They always show up. You have, and you know it's crazy that they were the best line tonight, and the Caps still lose game one. I oh, the Ovechkin line didn't score a lot, but every single time they were on the ice, they were good. It was Ovechkin, Mantha, and Backstrom that night. They changed it up a lot, but it was Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Mantha. They were the best line game one. Caps win that game tonight. Their fourth line is the best line. They lose that game. So, you know, I mean, I think that says a lot right there. That's all I got on that series. Are we gonna? Should we say who we? So what do we do? How are we how are we rolling? Are we gonna give our series predictions, or are we just gonna wait to say who we think will come out of each division at the end? Save it. Save it. Okay. Yep. Uh, are, we, are we gonna pick the series though? Yeah, sure. let's do it at the end. Let's pick the series, but let's do it at the end. Okay. Everything at the end. All right. Cool. Um, we'll move over to the central. Okay. How's that sound? Uh, we can start off with the uh, Hurricanes and Predators series. Hurricanes uh, finished first in the Central, 80 points. Uh, Predators fourth at 64 points. Who wants to start? All right. uh, yeah, I can go. So, can I just say one thing before, before you start? I just want to say, I don't know when the exact date was, but the Predators had a 2% chance of making the playoffs at one point this year and went on like a nasty run to finish the season to make the playoffs over the team that was in the Stanley Cup last year. That's all oh. I'll say about the Predators. What was the um, – when the Blues won it in 2019, what was their percent chance at one point in like January? Probably pretty close to that. Yeah, interesting. Even Not more because they, they were last place in the league. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Another team, the, the Blues did the same thing. They got really hot at the end of the year. Right. They got mm-hmm. really hot at the end. Of the year. We'll get to them. Yeah, all right. So I'll jump in on the Carolina Hurricanes then. Uh, the Canes are – I mean, they're a team that we expected to be here. Um, you know, they get their first division title since 2006. Um, what they you know, do they, that year? You tell me. They won the Cup. Yes, sir. Uh, but, yeah, just a great all-around team, really. You know, they could play any style. Speed's their forte, but, you know, they have guys that can be physical as well, mix it up, um, you know, and, and their defense is elite. Um, defense is deep and mobile. Um, you know, another another great special teams team, uh, second in the power play, third on the penalty kill, um, and then 11th in goals for and fifth in goals against. Um, and they got solid goaltending as well this year. That was a question mark coming in. Uh, Peter Mrazek, yeah, he was injured for a portion of the year, but he posted a 9.23 save percentage and 2.06 goals against in 12 games. And then rookie Alex Nedeljkovic posted a 9.32 save percentage and 1.9 goals against in 23 games. And Nedeljkovic was a huge part of their success this year. He really stepped in, and they didn't miss a beat when Mrazek got injured. Um, that was a big boost for them. But, you know, the Canes are fast, you know, relentless on the forecheck, and their defense moves the puck quickly. And, honestly, the Canes might be the most complete team in the playoffs. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I don't, yeah, no, I don't want to add much. I think 
I mean, you could see it. Like, even last year, the Canes rolling into the playoffs. They were the hottest team. They looked so good. They looked so good in every aspect of their game, and they've only gotten better. That's all. Yeah, that's all I have to add on the Canes. They're they're they are scary. They are very scary. Yep. All right, and then the Nashville Predators finished 31-23-2. And as Frankie was stating, it took a miracle for the Preds to make the playoffs this year. And that miracle was goaltender UC Saros. Oh, yep, yep. Yep, the, the Predators started 11-16-1 through 28 games, and that's half of the 56-game season. Um you know, and for a while, it, it, or most of the season, it looked like the Stars would take that last spot. You know, they had so many games in hand uh, over the Predators, and the Predators were just, you know, looking sluggish. Um, but, yeah, UC Soros carried this team to a playoff spot. He did have some bad games at the end of the season, but um, that kind of diminished his stat line a little bit. But he finished with a 927 save percentage and 2.28 goals against. Um, and, you know, those – those stats don't sound much better than the other goalie stats that I've rattled off, but, you know, keep in mind, we're talking about Nashville, a team not really known for their defensive play. Mm -hmm. uh, Saros had six games with over 40 saves this year. Uh, anyways, the, the run by Saros um, led to a second half of the season finish of 27 and one by the Predators, 27 and one. That's insane. And, and this team is not, it, they're nothing special really so for them to go on that run really sets something and uh you know they props the uc star should be in the vesna race for best goalie um but that being said saros is nashville's only hope for an upset in this series um roman yossi led the preds in scoring for a second straight year 33 points in 48 games um carolina had seven players who would have led the predators in scoring and I just don't understand what happens to offensive talent in Nashville. I mean, top two centers. Uh, it's just, it's just the, yeah. it's the city of Nashville. I swear they just get, they just get. <laughs> yeah, they get after it. But Ryan Johansson, 22 points in 48 games, and Matthew Shane, 13 points in 34 games. You know, those guys are looking like shells of their former selves. And, you know, they're the big money guys, too. I think both making $8 million each and just not producing at all. Yeah, I mean, I just want to – yeah, the only really thing I wanted to touch on about the Predators was was Soros. I mean, he might be one of the most underrated guys in the NHL this year. I mean, he, he like you said, he's the reason that they made the run that they did because Peck and Rene has been their rock for – I don't even know how many years at this point. Ten? Over, over ten. Over ten. Over ten. He's been their rock. And they have this new guy who's been sitting in the background for a while at this point as a backup goalie to Rene when, when Nashville is making their run. And, um, I mean, he, I don't want to say that he's going to win MVP, but you could even argue Saros is his MVP because the MVP in the NHL is most valuable to your team. It's not valuable, most valuable to the entire league. Where would Nashville be right now without the goaltending play that Saros has given them this year so far? Yeah, yeah, Maybe. that's a good point. He, he's another small goalie too. He's only 5'11". Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing about Nashville, seven years straight in the playoffs. Historically, like not a bad playoff team either. But like, they always find a way to they always seem to upset somebody, win a round, maybe two. I mean, they were in the cup against the Pens not long ago at all. And they still have a lot of those same guys. Philip Forsberg, he's opened the scoring for them this year. 
I mean, he, he just finds a way to get it done. Caps draft pick. Thanks for trading it for Martin Erat. But, um, Oof. yeah, no, that was a bad one. But, no, I mean, Nashville, I mean, you know what you're getting from them. I mean, pretty average, just a really average team. But nothing to – like, I don't want to say it's a lock for Carolina to beat them because there, there are no locks in the NHL playoffs, but it's – I don't know. I just – it's tough. That's really tough. That's a tough series. That's a tough matchup for Nashville. Right. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll introduce the next series to you, Frankie. Okay? Yeah. You ready? Yeah, so we have the Florida Panthers, a team that I was so wrong about on the preview episode. And, yeah. And who, who said watch out for the Florida Panthers? None other than Frankie Carter. So go ahead. Tell me how you're feeling about them. The Florida Panthers play with – probably the most speed in the NHL. They're just running gun all day and they have so many underrated guys. A lot of people say that Alexander Barkov, their captain, unreal player, probably he, what do you think he is in centers in the league? Top 10, maybe even top 5. You could argue that he's top 5 center in the league. Top top 5 cuz impact is two way. Yeah. Yeah, and you could argue that he's a top yeah, easily. He he probably is a top 5 center in the league. And a lot of people say that he's the most underrated guy in the NHL. But I think the uh, most underrated guy is Huberdeau. I mean, how good has Huberdeau been for so long? I don't know. I, I don't have the stat right now. But he's probably very close, if not a point per game this year. They he have, has 62 points in 55 games. There you go. So he's over a point per game this year. That line is absolutely nasty. They have a cup-winning coach running the bench for them. A great coach in Joel Quinville. They got Brett Connolly, who's not nothing you need to. I mean, he's not a great player, but he's been there. He's made runs. <clears throat> they traded him. Did they actually? Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Who did? What they trade? Okay, all right. Now I feel bad. Now I feel like Biz over here on spin chips. What they <laughs> trade him for? Our friend. Yeah, our friend. <laughs> did they actually trade him? Yeah, they did. Probably they, they traded him to the Blackhawks. Okay. Doesn't matter, though. They have so much jam. I mean, they have guys like Gudis. Even Mackenzie Weger can, you know, he can he can spice it up a little bit back there. Play. They How play, many hits did Gudis have? He leads the NHL in hits every single year, I swear. I swear he does. He's always in the top five for hits. Carter Vergehi, how many goals does he have this year? Close to 20, I believe, right? Maybe even over 20. And they just have so many underrated guys on the team because it's the Florida Panthers. I mean, who cares about the Florida Panthers? They have, they can't even sell out a playoff game. If it was the conference finals, they probably wouldn't even sell it out. But they have a lot of underrated guys. Once again, it comes down to goaltending, and that's my biggest question about them. Sergei Bobrovsky, the highest-paid goaltender in the year, once again didn't have a great year. They started him game one. He gave up four or five. I think it was was a five-four finally last night. I think he gave up five. Yeah, he gave up five. Not a lot of those were his fault. I mean, there was a breakaway that clinched the game for them. But even if he if his game starts slipping a little bit, they have Spencer Knight, a young guy who was one of the – I think he was one of three goalies in NHL history to start his year – or start his career as 5-0 and in the NHL. They have him. And then they have Drager. Drager. I don't know how to say his – Drager. Drager. Drieger, something like that, but he's been their backup all year. And then him and Bobrovsky basically split evenly those games all year, and he's been very solid. So if any of those – so say Bobrovsky, who will be their – who is their starter, say his game goes down, 
they have two other guys they can turn to and they will be fine. And it's all about confidence with your goalie. I swear when it goes into play, it's just how you feel about playing in front of him. And a lot of times, even if you bring in a backup, a lot of the, a lot of times the team will, will take extra strides to preventing shots, to preventing chances in order to protect that goalie. Cause so I think that's, that's going to help them a lot. The only problem is they play the defending champs and that team, that team right now, if the regular season was, this is, I don't under, I want to hear your guys' opinion on this rule. So the Tampa Bay lightning right now are $21 million over the cap, but the NHL doesn't take into account cap space once the playoffs start. So you can be over the cap once playoffs start, but before that, you can't be. So Nikita Kucherov, who is probably a top five player in all of the NHL, has been hurt this entire year. Steven Stamkos has been hurt for a, a lot of this year. Their captain, their leader, who didn't play at all when they won, played one or two games last year when they won. They're both coming back. And that is, I mean, Kucherov is a game breaker. You give him one open chance, he scored. You saw it last night. He had two last night in his first game back after months and months of time off. He is, he scores two goals in his first game back. And then you have probably the best defenseman in the NHL in Victor Hedman and probably the best goalie in Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, that team is so stacked, and they are on the road against the Florida Panthers to start the playoffs. And it's the first time that it's been an all-Florida series in the playoffs. I, and I mean, I didn't watch much of game one. I watched the first period, but it just looked fantastic. I'm sorry, who won game one? Tampa, 5-4. Okay. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was one nothing Tampa, then 2-1 Florida, then 3-2 Tampa, then 4-3 Florida, and Tampa won 5-4. Wow. It was fire wagon hockey too, back and forth. Yeah. Very entertaining game. But, yeah. Uh, were you done on the Lightning? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I have nothing. On, I mean, the Lightning, it's pretty much the same team that won last year. They lost a few guys here and there. But it's depth guys, you can always plug in guys. To, just depends on the chemistry in the room if you plug in guys like that. But they still have their they still have their home run hitters. Same home run hitters, same coach, same system, same style of play. They're still really, really, really good. Yeah, but that's Yes. All right, yeah. So I'll uh, I'm gonna I have a few notes on the Panthers, and then we could talk more about the that salary cap uh, manipulation, if you will. Um, yeah. So the biggest surprise to me this year for the Panthers, ninth in goals against, which is good for them. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I would have. Ex- they, they were fourth in goals for. That is not much of a surprise, but ninth in goals against. Uh, you know, they really started playing with some defensive structure this year. And like you said, a lot of underrated guys, uh, Carter Verhege, Patrick Hornquist, Anthony Duclair, Alexander Wenberg, and Frankie Vitrano all had double digit goals. Um, and then, you know, I already said it, I doubted the Panthers preseason. Um, you know, a lot of people did, but even more people doubted them when their defensive anchor, Aaron Eckblad was injured uh, and lost for the season with, um, I think he, bro- he broke his leg. Um, you know, but the Panthers have overcome that loss, too. Uh, and they were one of the more active teams at the trade deadline. Uh, biggest acquisition was forward Sam Bennett from Calgary. Uh, Bennett was a former fifth overall pick who had a very underwhelming career in Calgary. 
but he's fit in in Florida and he's had 15 points in 10 games with Florida so far. They also got Brandon Montour from Buffalo, um, you know, to share up their D with the loss of Ekblad. Um, and, you know, everything the Panthers did in the regular season really shows that, you know, they could play with these powerhouses like Tampa. Uh, and then just a few, a few notes on the lightning. Um, yeah. You know, as Frankie said, they were out without Kucherov uh, for the entire season. Um, but he has been practicing for two to three months. And that is, that will go along with our discussion about the salary cap uh, manipulation. And then their captain, Steven Stamkos, was injured four days before the trade deadline, um, which was very convenient for Tampa because it allowed them to be active at the trade deadline. They acquired David Savard from Columbus to share up their D. You know, I love David Savard too. I love David Savard. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But you yeah. So, I mean, if Stamkos wasn't injured, if he was injured at uh, you know, a day after the trade deadline, they probably don't get Savard because they're not able to, you know, move the cap around like that. Because they put, uh, they were able to put Stamkos on long-term injured reserve, uh, along with Kucherov, obviously, and that's what 17 million right there. Easy, easy of salary. Um. So, I mean, what's what's your opinion on it, Frank? I mean, I'll I'll start with mine. I mean, like it's totally legal at the moment, and I think this will probably spur a rule change. Um, you know, because they really are manipulating the cap. And, you know, Kucherov's been practicing for a long time, probably could have been ready, um, you know, towards the end of the regular season. But, you know, they wouldn't have even been able to bring him back. They can't field a roster that's over the salary cap. So, I mean, what do you think? So I'm not going to fault the Tampa Bay Lightning for what they did because they found a loophole in yeah. in, in, in the system. So I, I'm not going to hate what the Tampa, Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning did at all. But for that being a rule, that just seems so unfair. It really does to me. If you play, there's 82 games a year. In a regular season, there's 82 games a year where you have to be under the cap. And then all of a sudden, as soon as that ends, it doesn't matter. That, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, just make, doesn't sense. make sense. To me. Yeah. <laughs> that means you can literally just hypothetically, I'm not saying the Lightning did this, but what, Kucherov probably could have came back with five games left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's been skating for over two months. Exactly. So that just I don't know. I don't I don't love that rule at all. But I understand what they're thinking when they when they exploit it because they're smart. They are smart for exploiting. I mean, they're the only team that is in a situation where they're doing that. And that might say a lot. I mean, they won last year. Not that they did that last year, but they I don't know. I, I don't love the rule from the NHL. Is there any justification for the rule? Like, what's the argument? Like, do you know, like, any reason why the NHL would ha- even have this in the first place? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't. I don't have an answer. For Maybe that. just they just, well, I don't know. It's like they never even, like, thought of it. I don't know. But is, if you send a guy on IR, I don't know if this is the same for every sport. Is it, is their salary not? counted towards the cap in other sports as well i thought well, well i don't know how it works in other sports but for hockey if you put a guy on the long-term injury reserve which what they did for kucherov their best player their, his his cap hit did not account for what they for their mm. total cap hit as a team i don't believe he, that's other sports too yeah and then teams teams also use long-term injured reserve to bury contracts 
Um, yes, yes, they do. You know, basically, from guys that are retired but still under contracts and not officially retired. Um, you know, so if a team if a team has a guy that's you know at the end of the road, um, and he still has a big big salary, they'll give up. They'll send that player to another team along with another asset, like a first or second round pick, just to get that salary off of their books. And then a new team will take it, put the, put him on long term IR, pay his salary, but it won't tor- it won't go towards the cap, and then they gain a pick. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of that, Frankie. Um, so I think Kucherov and Stamkos account for 17 million, and you said they're 21 million over the cap right now that's what i saw on twitter from somebody i don't know how it wasn't a verified account but it had a lot of retweets. no no it's right it's that's right do you know what the other four do you know what the other four million do you know who that's for is it for ryan callahan no who marion gabrick oh my god what dude he hasn't played in the nhl in like four years yeah that well that i mean that's an example of, of what i just said to Jack, he was traded to Tampa Bay um, in December. From he was on Ottawa, or his contract is on Ottawa. So, yeah. Oh my God. So he was he was traded to Tampa Bay from Ottawa um, for Braden Coburn, Cedric Paquette, and a second round pick. I, I was gonna say Paquette is one guy who I could see hurting the mojo of the Lightning as a whole. Because he, he was pretty money last year. He was pretty money last mm-hmm. year as a depth guy to have. He played with a lot of jam. He plays with a lot of speed, and he does have a lot of skill as well. That's a guy who you 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 want on your team for a playoff run. And they're missing – I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that they're missing a guy like that because they have plenty of guys like that as well. But, that, but he was there when they won last year. I mean, it's not an accident that he was a part of that team when they won. So, Yeah, Frankly, but, I mean, this um, – yeah. go ahead. I just want to say I love that buzzword and saying they play with a lot of jam. That's all. I love play, I love saying that. I've been saying that a lot lately. <laughs> jam. All jam. Uh, Nikita Kucherov was the second player to score multiple goals in a playoff game after not appearing in a regular season game since. No, no don't even guess. You guys, you guys don't get it. No just, idea. <laughs> since Montreal's Spider Missouri in 1953. <laughs> I wrote that down for absolutely no reason. His, I mean, his name's just Spider. I'm going to look up the 1953 playoffs right now because I wouldn't be shocked if the Canadians won that year. I, they probably did. I feel like they won every year. I mean, they're one of six teams. <laughs> for like half Montreal. History. Wait, let's see. It might be the Bruins. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup. Hmm. Yeah, but just to close off that series um, – that's another bloodbath series. You know, both teams hate each other. They also played. They also played the final game of the regular season, and I think that there's over. I think there's like 136 yeah, penalty minutes. Thirty. So it's gonna it's gonna be ugly, but very. It's gonna be entertaining hockey. Florida. I think Florida was either five two and one or six and two against them this year too. Florida. Florida had the edge on them during the regular season. Not that that means much, but. That's going to be a fantastic series. That's probably the series that I'm most intrigued to see. Yeah, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that that's the series that's most fifty-fifty. Like could go either way. But I think it's the most. It's the series that's going to be the nastiest. Like, those teams are going to hate each other. It's going to be awesome. 
Damn right. Uh, we can jump over to the West now. Uh, we will start off with the. You guys are gonna hate my picks. You guys are gonna hate my picks. You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> uh, Avs and Blues. Avs finished first in the West. Uh, eighty-two points. The positive sixty-four score differential. Um, Blues sixty-three points with a only one of two teams in the playoffs that have a, a negative goal differential at minus one. Who's the other team that has a negative goal differential? The Canadians. Wow. Minus okay. nine. Okay. You wanna you wanna start with the you wanna start with the Avs? Let's start with the Avs here. You 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 take us. All right. Yeah, I mean the Avs did everything we expected uh, them to do this year, and probably then some. Won the division as well as the President's Trophy, the league's best record. Uh, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen were one and two in the division in scoring. And Kale McCarr led the division in points among D-men. And he was also the only point-per-game D-man in the league. Um, he had 44, 44 points in 44 games. He missed 12 games due to injury. And then Philip Grubauer was the workhorse in that for the Avs this year. Yeah. A really good sign for them because he was a bit of a question mark coming in. But uh, He's fine. He, He's fine. Yeah, He's not their he, problem. He sure showed out. Uh, 39-1 record, 9-2-2 save percentage, 1.95 goals against. Uh, yeah yeah and the abs had the most goals for in the league and were third in goals against eighth in the power play and penalty kill and you know the depth is there too um nine players with double digit goals for the abs um you know not much else to say i mean they're they're a powerhouse uh you know probably the only concern i have about the abs is their bottom d pair yeah you know, kind of yep. nitpicking here but you know the abs traded veteran d Ian Cole early in the season. I was going to bring this up. This is all the only thing I wanted to bring up about the abs was this right here. Yep. Great minds think alike. Yes, they do. But yeah, traded Ian Cole. Uh, did not like that move. Uh, you know, Cole's solid defenseman. He's won before. Um, and then they dealt him for Greg. The Mi- and they dealt him to they, Minnesota, right? I don't want to. Yeah, they dealt him to Minnesota for. Um, Greg Pattern, and then they dealt Pattern, then yeah. didn't even keep him. So that leaves the third pairing of Patrick Nemeth, who was a deadline acquisition from Detroit, and 22-year-old Connor Timmons, who's only played two playoff games. Um, again, it's not a huge weakness, um, you know, kind of nitpicking a little bit, but other than that, the abs are about as solid as it gets. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know. I don't have much to add on the abs at all. Um, just looking at odds, Abs are the favorite to win right now on mo- on most sports books. I don't know if that's uh, consistent across the board, but at least the ones that I look at, the Abs are the favorite, best record in the NHL. But the last time a team won with the best record in the NHL was the Blackhawks, who were a dynasty, pretty much. So it's tough to do. But uh, yeah, no, that's all I have on them. I mean, probably up and down, probably the best team in the NHL. It's weird, best record in the the NHL, but the I think Vegas had the most wins. The Ve- yes, Vegas had yes, forty the wins. Had le- yes, the Avs had less wins than Vegas. Yes. So it's all about those loser points, the overtime. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, do you want me to jump into the Blues? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can jump in. I don't have much on the. I mean, the only thing about the Blues, I mean, a lot of the same guys. David Perron is good. Who's their? He was a point per game this year. 
he's out to start the playoffs. He didn't play tonight. They're down 3-1 right now in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Avs are up 3-1. Uh, the Blues going into the playoffs had the best record in the West. Going into the playoffs, the Blues were the hottest team in the West. I and I think for them, too, I just feel like it comes down to, to Bennington, really. If he's on, they have a chance every single night. Every yeah. single night. He, he had about average year this year, not he did, what he you did. would have expected. But, yeah, I mean, they were kind of, I would say, unimpressive. Yeah, I guess that's the right words this year. Yeah. Didn't really separate themselves as a playoff team until the Late. last few weeks of the season when yeah. they did get hot, like you said. And they're far removed from that magical run from last to first in 2019. And, yeah. you know, the, the departure of former captain Alex Petrangelo was evident this year. Um, you know, really, they're an average offensive team and an average defensive team. Uh, not really much else to say about the Blues. Uh, the Avs are going to win this series. I agree. And if you look at the Blues roster, too, when they won, you would look up and down that roster and say, like, this is pretty good. Their defensive core was pretty solid. Um, and a lot of that came down to Pareko. I think that's the X factor for the for the Blues, too. Pareko, is, he, he was fantastic the year they won the Stanley Cup. Couldn't beat him one-on-one. Had a little bit of an offensive touch as well. Was great on the breakout. Ever since they won, though, he hasn't he hasn't played up to that level. He really hasn't. And then you lose your legitimate number one defenseman in Petrangelo. You're going to need him to be your number one. And I know they brought in Tori Krug in the same style as Petrangelo does. No disrespect, because Krug is very good. But he's very good at, at different at things that other than Petrangelo is good. I mean, Krug's great on the power play. Great off the breakout. Great. He can hop into a rush barrier one for you. But he's not a shutdown guy that you can match up against a line like McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Cobb. You just can't do that. Frankie's yeah. favorite, favorite nah, thing. What? What? Oh, sorry. You're, you're cut off there. Now, Frankie's favorite thing to do is to say no disrespect and then just, and then just to disrespect the player that he's talking Completely about. Completely disrespect. <laughs> no, Corey Krug's a really good hockey player. Tory Krug's very good. Yeah, that was no, that was no disrespect. No, but you can't match him up against a team's number one line, especially if it's number one line like McKinnon and Rantanen, who are two stars in this no. league. Yeah, and I mean, like you, like you said, I mean, you can make you can make Pareko, Krug the pairing, and you know have decent results with that. But you know, Pareko's also, like you said, you know, been dealing with injuries and hasn't been the the rock that you know he was when they won. So that they mean, need him to be. That they yeah. really need him to be. Yeah. That's a tough matchup. That's a really tough matchup for the Blues. Mm-hmm. For anybody, I guess, if you play Colorado, though. Um, can we transition over into the next series here? And I would like to kick it off with a question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I know so, what this question is. I have an idea of what this question is going to be. I don't think you do at all. But okay, I, okay, okay. I read an article today okay. uh, written by Bleacher Report of the top 25 players in the playoffs. Okay. Now, the Vegas has two players. Can okay. You, can you each tell me who those two players are? Mark Stone and Petrangelo. Flurry, maybe. Temp, what do you think? I would say, I mean, it should be Stone and Petrangelo. Uh, it's Mark Stone and Flurry. Okay. okay. 
And now, Flurry played that way in game one. Flurry was the only reason that game went to overtime. Now, uh, they ranked the top 25. Um, I want you guys to throw out numbers for Stone and Flurry. I would probably say that Flurry was higher than Stone. Yeah, given the, you know, his playoff or his track record. But uh, I'll go Stone 18, Flurry 20. I'll go Stone. I don't think they're going to be high. I'm going to go Stone 19, Flurry 12. Uh, Stone 23, Flurry 9. Wow. Flurry is very, very clutch. He's probably the most clutch goalie in the league. Right. So that's why I wanted to ask. I mean, I obviously love Flurry. Um, I wanted to see if you guys thought that he was just ranked highly just off the name. I mean, and off his. Some of that. Some of that. His name is, it's well-earned, obviously a great career, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a complicated argument because, you know, Flurry in his three cup runs lights out. And, you know, you saw that in game one last night, you know, when he's on, he's on making the athletic save. But, you know, I will add, you know, in the years that the Penguins didn't win the cup with Flurry, you know, his playoff stats were not good. And, you know, he had some series that were just, Awful, quite frankly. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he did uh, against Philly. Dude, he had a lot of bad ones against Philly. But I don't think we answered your question, Jack. But I mean, I, I think I mean, you could rank him twenty second or ninth. It's just what you're going off of, and it's you know really what which flurry you're getting. But you know, it looks, it looks like you're getting the good flurry, and um, you know, uh, should I jump right into Vegas with that? Yeah, yeah, jump, yeah, jump right in, jump right in. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, on the subject of Flurry, uh, a 36-year-old did post his best statistical season of his career this year. Wow. Uh, 9.28 save percentage, 1.98 goals against. Um, and you know, as we were just talking about, Vegas narrowly missed out on winning the division title. And I thought they were good. They were a lock for it for a long time. So. Yeah. And I mean, and just missed out on uh, best record in the league. Um, but, you know, that's a huge disadvantage in this central division, which has three very good teams. It is. Um, you know, as a result, they meet the wild in round one. I know. And I just go, well, let me just hop in here. Mm-hmm. Historically, the wild, I, I'm, before the playoff game yesterday, the wild were like 12 2 and 1 against Vegas in their history. Something like that. It was something ridiculous. It was like something like complete domination. And then the wild win game one. Yeah, I mean, they've been matching up well against them this year. What's their? Do you have their head-to-head? I think it's six and two for Minnesota this year. Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, moving along here, the Knights were led by their captain Mark Stone in points with sixty-one and goals by Max Pacioretty with twenty-four. Who missed the play? He missed game one of the playoffs. And the top line of Pacioretty, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone is one of the best offensive and defensive lines in the league. You know, they could score and they could also shut you down. And then the forward group is as solid as it, as it gets and really much of the same on defense, you know, depth, depth, depth all around. Um, first and goals against and penalty kill, third and goals for it, but they did have a lackluster power play, just 22nd in the league. Um, you know, and I will add the Knights are the Knights are different from a lot of teams because they could play fast or they could play physical and gritty. You know, kind of similar to the Lightning. You know, the Lightning yeah, can also 
you know, switched it up when they have to. Um, you know, but, you know, if they do, if a problem does arise with Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, they also have Robin Lehner in their back pocket yeah. as the as the backup. And he, he played all the games for him in the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, Vegas is deep at every position. Um, you know, it's pretty rare at this time of year. And, you know, they're another team that you could argue is the most complete in the league. Easily. 100% easily. And Vegas is – Ever since, I mean, how, how, when did they become a 2018 was the first year? This is their fourth year. I mean, they've been right there every single year, really right there. I mean, if they didn't lose to San Jose after that, no, Kevin, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you have to hear this. That was a garbage five in a major call. And next thing you know, San Jose for the second time in NHL history scores three goals on a five on three or four goals on a five on three, whatever it was. It was, it was like one of two or three times that happened in NHL history. They lose that series because of that. If that didn't happen, I mean, where would they have been? Last year, they ran into Dallas, who's – I don't, I don't want to say a miracle run because I thought they were very good going into the playoffs, but still, like that, just the way Dallas played was very hard to compete with. They have a lot of defensemen who can skate and move up and down the ice. They have a lot of good – they have a pretty, you know, thick forward crew that can knock you around a little bit. I feel like that got to Vegas a little bit last year. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of teams beating them up though, as because Dallas did kind of beat them up last year, and that's why Dallas won. I don't see that really happening this year with the teams that are left in the in the West. But Minnesota, this is what I this is what I thought you were going to ask about, Jack. Minnesota, Jack. Last year, I roasted Minnesota so hard, saying they're the most boring <laughs> franchise. This year, they were one of the most exciting franchises in the NHL. Wow. A little, little rookie named Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Right, I have you written. Absolutely down. unbelievable. He was unbelievable this year. They made a lot of acquisitions, too. Like they, who they got? Like Bugstad, another guy who, who didn't really fit in anywhere else. He comes into Minnesota. He looks perfect right there. Joel Erickson. He scored in overtime yesterday. As soon as he scores, Brian Boucher goes, yeah, this is the heart and soul of the team. I've been roasting Joel Erickson Eck for years. That guy is – but I, it's true, though. I mean, they for some reason, it, it just this year it just seems like they're meshing extremely well. They have played extremely well. They've been one of the most consistent teams throughout the entire year. They've been right there threatening for a two or three seed in that division this whole year. And – and like like Temp just said, finishing second, the difference between finishing second and first in this division was very very big, was very very big because St. Louis has been struggling for a while. Even last year, I mean, they lost to Vancouver, who was not very good in the playoffs. They lost to Vancouver, and then yeah, no, I think that it's it's tough. That's that's really really tough going from one to two in this division. Vegas is looking like they're going to get a nice little matchup where they can just, I don't know, kind of feel their way through the first round. Now they got to play Minnesota, who's 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 good. And I think Minnesota, I think Minnesota and the Capitals are the two most disrespected team going, teams going into this playoffs this year. I feel like a lot of people are just don't really trust them, and I don't see why. I mean, what is Minnesota missing? Even their goalie, Cam Talbot, he had, he had a fantastic year. He had a, fanta- he had a fantastic game one. He had a 40-something safe shutout in game one. So, I, yeah, I, I, both of those teams, I don't really see 
a big weakness, a big weakness in. But I say, I, but I, like Temple was saying though, I do see a weakness in Colorado a little bit. Not that it's a big one, but I do see a weakness in Colorado. I don't see a, an, a glaring weakness in in Vegas or Minnesota. Yes, I think we both had Minnesota in the playoffs during we the did. season we preview did. episode. We did. I don't think anyone expected them, them to be quite this good. No, no. I thought Minnesota was going to be the four. I thought Minnesota. Yeah, was gonna be four. yeah. I think I think we both had them four, but yeah, Kirill um, yeah. Kaprizov was the boost that the Wild needed. Yes, he was. And he was everything as I advertised, and even more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He led them twenty-seven goals and points with fifty-one. Um, he and Kevin Fiala were a good duo, and their other linemates. Mm -hmm. yep he's a, bull. he's a bull out there yeah um and then their other line mate matt zuccarello had a bounce back year playing with those two um and then uh, yeah as you were touching on young players such as uh joel erickson Atkin and jordan greenway made big strides this season because they were big question marks coming in you know can yes. they provide yes. secondary scoring and you know they answered to that they certainly did um it Minnesota's decor is the most under, underrated in the league too. They have they have a lot of dudes. They have a mm -hmm. lot of dudes back there, and they pick up Ian Cole from from uh, Colorado. Great pickup to throw on their bottom six. Jonas Brodeen had one of the most underrated years out of all pros this year. He had a really really good year. They got Matt Dumba and Jared Spurgeon. I mean that is those are four defensemen who can play. And then and I didn't even mention Ryan Suter, who's been there mm -hmm. for the past I don't even know how long. And yeah, yeah, like eight years now. Yeah, I mean, but, Minnesota's a tough, tough team. Minnesota's a very, very tough team. Yeah. Um, as for weakness, I mean, I see a, a little bit of weakness with the goaltending, depending on, you know, who, if they're rolling with Cal Talbot the whole year, you know, him and Capo Kakinen split the load this year and put up above average numbers. Um, but, you know, the defense was supposed to be the strength for this team. So I'm going to disagree with a little bit with you here. Um, you know, I think it was kind of underwhelming. Um, you know, they were middle of the pack and goals against. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of those know, guys are offense. Like Spurgeon and Dumbo, they play more of an – they play a little bit of an offensive game. Not that they're not – not, not that they can't play two-way, but they are – they are, you know, they, they like to push the pace a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you just list them up there. Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Studer, Jonas Brodeen, and Ian Cole. They're going to tighten it up in the playoffs for mm -hmm. sure. They will. So, you know, they're the wild, like we've said, are no easy out in the playoffs. I said that they were the most boring team last year. This year, they were, they were top three most fun. Electric factory. Sorry, Minnesota. Yeah, you owe, you owe everyone in Minnesota an apology. I do, because they love their hockey in Minnesota, too. And they got a good team this year. Um, shall we move on to the division – we don't want to talk about, but we're contractually obligated to. You mean the Mickey Mouse division? <laughs> yes. The the, uh, the North, the Canadian division. Um, I guess we can start with the Maple Leafs versus Canadians. Maple Leafs finished first in the North at 77 points, uh, the plus 39 goal differential to the Canadians, as I mentioned earlier, worst goal differential at minus nine, total 59 points, all which is the lowest among playoff teams. Um, what do you guys think? Do Canadians have a shot against the Leafs here? No, I think the Canadians stink. <laughs> That's all I want to say about the Canadians. They stink. That's fine by me. 
They it seems like they stink. They don't stink, but they're not. Like Tab's gonna disagree with me though. Tab's gonna di- he is gonna disagree. He's gonna disagree. No, uh, okay, so for I I barely have any notes for the North Division here. Um, do you want to know what I wrote for the? Yes, Canadians? I do. I actually I I do. I really do. Okay. Carey Price might steal some games? Question mark. That's the biggest. See, that's the Canadians fans have been saying that for years. When is the last time Carey Price has been a when he when's the last time he's been an elite goaltender? Last year's playoffs. He was good last year's playoffs for a series. Yeah, a bit. I mean, for for a season. I mean, it's been tough for him for a while. Like he yeah. hasn't, and he's another guy getting that good or that the big salary, like nine point five million or something. Um, a lot of injuries too with him. He's he's been banged up for a while. But yeah, it's been like uh, yeah, I just pulled up his stats here. Uh, the last time he was over a 920 save percentage was 1617, um, and that's also the last time he was under 2.5 goals against. Wow. But you know, I was telling myself all year that I was that both of these because you could. It was like a month into the season, and we knew what four teams were getting in this division, and it's yeah. the four that are in it. And I was telling myself all year that both were going to be upsets, you know, just because of the Maple Leafs. I thought the Canadians were going to upset them. Um, you know, and the Canadians did look good at the start of the year. They looked really good. They did. They you did. know, and then, you know, they got in a bit of a funk there, fired their coach, and then – you know, it was kind of much of the same then, just kind of average. And, you know, they've also dealt with injuries. You know, Carey Price, Carey Price got hurt. He's on a yeah. rehab stint right now. Uh, Brennan Gallagher, um, you know, they had some, some key guys get hurt this year. So, I mean, th- I mean they're still hurting. So, I, I don't I don't think they have much of a chance here. And then um, for the my notes on the Leafs, um, they finally played with some structure this year and didn't just allow odd man rush after odd man rush. You know, their defense played defense. Um, but, you know, goaltender Jack Campbell took the starting job from Freddie Anderson. You think, and you think he'll start the playoffs? you think Campbell starts the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, Campbell won his first 11 games as a Maple Leaf. Um, and then some other notes. Austin Matthews, 41 goals in 52 games. That is a 65-goal pace for 82 games. And then my last note might win their first playoff series since 2004 question mark <laughs> yeah I've, I've nothing i mean the i mean you heard my tidbit on the canadians i think they stink no disrespect but um <laughs> maybe <laughs> the leafs though they were really good this year they had a really really good year they're very very formidable going into the playoffs this year i mean you, you just talked about austin matthews what is he a top? He, he was probably he's going to be up for the heart this year. I mean, he was a top three player in this season. Um, I mean, Mitch Marner, as much as I want to hate the guy, he was he's still really, really good. I mean, he's a really good. He, you can play him on the power play, you can play him on the penalty go, he can do whatever you ask. You can play him up and down the lineup, he's fine. He'll find his role. Zach Hyman, another guy. That's what I have right now. X Factor, Zach Hyman. If he comes up and play, he he could be a difference maker for them as making a large run. He could He's like Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, Toronto is a, 
Toronto's good. The yeah, Dallas- Toronto's winning this series. Shall we yeah. move on? Do you have yeah. anything else? No, Toronto. No, all I wanted to say is that the 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 Leafs are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. And there's every single year you walk in, there's so much hype around them. This is the first time it looks like it's it's been true for a very long time. Well, how does that usually end for the Cowboys? How's it usually end for the Leafs too? Yeah, there we go. We'll see. We'll see. It would be it would be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. I really hope they do lose. I hope they because I like the Canadians too. I always root for the Canadians. Canadians are a cool franchise. I love their jerseys. I love that they always hire these French speaking people to run their <laughs> franchise. And it's so funny. No, but I hope they lose, but that's a tall task for that team. Yeah. Um, so next series, Oilers uh versus the Winnipeg Jets. Um, oh. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. I don't even know exactly what the question is, but Oilers, they have the point leader. Uh, and the number two point leader, I'm pretty sure. Right. Point leader McDavid at 105, and then number two, uh, Dreisaitl at 84. And then the next is Marchand. Marchand? Marchand? What, how, what well, that's for the whole league. Yeah, that's yeah, Bert, yeah. He's right now, I'm saying for the whole league. Next yeah. is him at 69. Like that yes. just seems unreal to me. Like how? I mean, these guys—they're both Drysaddle and McDavid are both centers, I believe. Like they're they they must not play on the same line, right? I think they they, they go they, they go back, back and forth, forth, really. Just like how do they not win? How do they not win every single game? They, they if they have if they are they must be so top heavy. Like they they the Oilers lack like depth. You hit the Jack. nail on the head, Jack. Jack, let me ask you. Let me ask nice. you a question. So, like, the NBA. So, how many minutes? So, if so, let's say LeBron's carrying the team to the NBA Finals. How many minutes a game does LeBron play? If you're playing a lot, like, I don't know, like thirty. Well, no. If you're playing a lot of minutes, like you're in the forty, like low forties. Okay, so out of forty-eight. Say LeBron's playing in a playoff game, a big playoff game that they need to win. How many minutes? Forty. I in the game one of twenty eighteen finals, like I don't think he even sat. I think he played every single minute. To be honest. Well, that's what's tough about hockey is because McDavid is the best player in the world, and he plays twenty. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's a third of the game. And you're still, and he still has that many points. Playing a third of the yes. game, and I mean, how many game? How many games would have played this series this season? Fifty-six. Well, Fifty-six. That's like two points a game. Yeah, that's um, that's absurd to me. Connor McDavid has had more points. Th- or he's had more games this year. Where he's had more than one point than he's had where he's had zero points. <laughs> but I think wait, I think it's isn't it two? Yeah, two. Like he's had two or more points in more games where he yeah. had zero points. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, touching on what you just said, Jack, so McDavid had 105 points in 56 games. So that's 105 points. The Oilers scored 183 goals this year. So he factored in on 57.3% of their goals. (laughs) And, you know, while that could blow, you know, blow teams away, especially like the, you know, teams that just stink in the Canadian division, like I pretty much most of them. All of them. Besides, it's them. not it's not a recipe for success against like the when you play an actually good team. Yeah. Like if they, when they meet the Leafs, like that's not good. Like they meet they met the Leafs this year, and didn't didn't go too well. I think and they had that one three game stretch, 
Um, they pretty much shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, and I think they lost all three games. Um, led to a good soundbite that we liked, though, Frankie. Yes, it did. Can I say one thing, too, really quickly? I think that if any team in the East that's made the playoffs, so Penguins, Penguin, Pens, Caps, Bruins, Islanders, any of those four teams would make it out of this division. Yep. Not going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah. But I, and then but the thing is, I, I mean, have, have been saying this all year, how much we love the Jets. I mean, the Jets have everything besides a really good defensive core. But the they have a really, really underrated forward group. They have a really good coach. They have a top five goalie in the league. And they're 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 not easy to play against. They're not easy. A lot of teams in the in the north, it seems like they'd be easy to play against. Like you, it just seems like you'd be able to push the Leafs around a little bit. I know they have some veteran guys, but you could definitely push them around. I mean, who's gonna come? Like Wayne Simmons. Like imagine Wayne Simmons going again, going after. Yeah, he's Matt still Martin. around. Oh my god. <laughs> like Wayne Simmons going after Matt Martin. Like Matt Martin is way more of an effective player than Wayne Simmons. It, I, I don't know, but going back to the going back to the Jets though, who where the Oilers are playing, Jets have so much, dude. They, I mean, Shifley, Wheeler, and Nikolai Ehlers. He's my guy. I love Ehlers. He plays with so much speed. He just has, he just has this sort of gallop. No, he doesn't play with a lot of jam, but he he just has this little gallop to him every single time he gets the puck. It's it's net. He actually kind of reminds me of a way better Lars Eller the way he plays. Um, and then Neil Pionk had one of the most underrated years out of all defensemen in the NHL, defenseman for the Jets. Very, very good. And then Josh Morrissey is their number one. I, I mean, I guess you could probably argue that Pionk is. But, did you, dude, they kind of just limped their way to the postseason, though. After they got in, they, they struggled. They struggled their way past that last third of the season where it looked like they were going to be really good. It looked like they were going to get a two or three seed in that division, have a good chance against – I mean, I would hope uh, – it probably would have been the Oilers if they finished two or three, but it just looked like they were going to – I just don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. I really don't. And I wish I did. I wish I did. Yeah, they were my, you know, midseason. You couldn't talk me out of – you couldn't tell me the Jets wouldn't come out of this division, you know considering how hard they are to play against and how deep their forward group is. Like you said, they're limping right now. Uh, Ehlers is hurt, so. Yeah, yeah. We, he, he missed the end of the season, and, you know, he's just a huge spark for them. You know, you compare him to Lars Eller. I, I mean, I think he's like a – I think you compare him to McDavid, obviously. Not I was going to say, like, the way he plays with speed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way, the way he uses his speed, I mean, we're not, we're not really comparing anyone to McDavid, but he's, you know, a light version. And, you know, he – yeah, God, he flies around out there, and he's so he just fly by people. But um, yeah, they look they looked really good early. Um, you know, they had their had their troubles with uh, Patrick Laine. Shipped him off to Columbus for Pierre Luc Dubois, and you know, Dubois has never really found his footing. Uh, no, he hasn't. He's with, he's been he's been Jets. stuck on the third line there, and he has to be. I mean, he has to. Be. Where are you going to play? Who are you going to play him above? Yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I mean, another guy on the Jets though I like to bring Andrew Cop, underrated guy. Play Jam. Talk about Jam. Andrew Cop plays with Jam. 
can bury it. He can bury. It. He can. He can have a few tucks for you in a series. How about some? Uh, how about uh, Adam Lowry? Adam Lowry, another one. Very similar. Going to do Very similar. big, big grinding defensive center. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to close that out, um, you know, this we know we know what the Oilers are, and we know what they bring, and you know we know how they play. So I mean, it's really about the Jets in this series, and defense is their weakness, and that's just the worst matchup you could have against the Oilers. Absolutely, dude. Because you need if you if you give Drysaddle and or McDavid two points a game, you're gonna lose. And who and what are the Jets going to match up against those two to prevent those to prevent either of them really from getting two points? Especially if they, dude, that's what the Oilers should do. They should split them up this series so one of them are on the ice the entire game. Mm-hmm. They're done. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, I guess that wraps up everyone. Yeah, all, all, yeah. I'm not gonna, all the this, series. This just feels like the most normal playoffs in a very long time. And the games so far have all been so good. They've been so fun to watch. And unless you're rooting for your team, it's a, it, you <laughs> might as well just be doing cardio while you're sitting down watching. <laughs> These games are nuts. These games have been nuts. There's so much parody right now. I mean, the yeah. league's just in a, uh, just in a really great spot. I it mean, is. I don't want to, I don't want to take shots at the NBA, but you know, you could look at a lot of those first round series, like, you know, who's going to win. You know, and, you know, as much as like, we're like the big favorite, uh, the abs, like if the blues took them to seven games, like it, it's not. Dude, the blues could beat the abs. Realistically, the blues, very realistically, the blues could beat the abs. Yeah. The, I mean, there's really nothing predictable in these playoffs. And, you know, that's definitely what makes it fun. Absolutely. Um, you I'm, excited to hear, I'm, I'm excited to hear picks. Yeah, so, nothing predictable, but let's hear, let's hear some predictions here. All right, should we go out of each division right now? Sure. Yeah. Are we going – are we doing that so, or are we doing by series? I think just – take... I just did because I just picked each series and then I have my cup finalist. Okay. Let's do Let's do them all. Let's do them all. Sure. All right, Jack, you, you name them and then we'll just rattle them off. Okay, Penn's Isles. All right, so I had pens and six originally. They lost. They lost game one. I'm sticking with that though. Pens and six. Okay. I had pens. I did, okay. I had pens. This entire the entire. I for some reason I knew the pens were gonna get the Islanders, and I had, I had pens this entire road. I heard a stat though that Barry Trotz, since he's been a coach of the New York Islanders, if he wins game one. The Islanders are undefeated in those series. If they lose game one, they've never won a series. Well, how long has he been? Isn't he a recent coach? When, how long has he been with the Islanders? Three years, but it's still a good amount of players. Already three, series. okay. Hmm. I mean, he, so we'll, we'll go back. So the first year Barry Trotz was a coach, Islanders beat the Pens game one. They won the series. They lost game yeah. one against Carolina, lost that series. The next yep. year was last year, so it was the COVID year. They played the Florida Panthers in a, in a like playing round. Won game one, won the series. Won game one against the Caps, won the series. Won okay. game one against the Flyers, won the series. Lost game one against Tampa, lost the series. Okay. Now this year, I'm taking the Islanders in six in that series. Wow. I'm going to go with Pens in seven. Um. Caps and I hate saying this. I hate saying this. 
Bruins in six. Caps in seven. Bruins in seven. I just have a sneak. I just the only matchup I didn't want this playoffs was Caps Bruins. That's the only matchup I didn't want, and it's been so unfortunate that it's round one. But I, I, dude, the Bruins are good, and they beat you up. They, they, not the Caps are gonna try to beat up. See, this is why I didn't want this matchup because the Caps always try to beat teams up, and a lot of times they can. But it just seems like the one team that they couldn't do it against is the Bruins. That's why I'm taking the Bruins. Uh, Hurricanes, Predators. Frank, you go. Let's alternate. Who goes first? Canes five. Canes in five. I wrote down Canes in five as well. That seems like an easy win for the Canes. And if it's not, if it's not, I'll, I'll save that for the end. But I'm going to say Canes, Canes in five. But if it's not, if it's not an easy series for the Canes, I have a different prediction. But I think it's going to be. And I'm saying Canes in five. Um, Panthers, Lightning. Panthers and seven. Lightning and seven. Lightning and seven. I don't see – see, I was so high on the Panthers going into this year. I was so high on them getting to the playoffs. I don't think they're quite ready to win a series yet. I don't think they're quite ready to, to take it to the next step yet. Give, give them a couple years. They are headed – they're headed more so in the right track perhaps. More – I don't want to say more than any team in the NHL, but they're right up there with more with most teams in the NHL just in terms of their development and how they how they how they've um how they've you know how did you say they adjusted their game of the past few years? I mean they had a quick turnaround because they were bad two years ago. <laughs> they were really bad two years ago. All of a sudden now they're a threat. But I'm still taking the Lightning. I think the Lightning got the veteran mindset, and I like them a lot. Um, okay, that brings us down to the West. Uh, Avs and Blues. Is it me? Is it my up? Mm-hmm. I'll go Avs six. Avs and five. Avs and five for me. That was that's an easy one. I think if the Avs lose that series, that's not good. Big wild. Knights in seven. Minnesota in six. I wrote down Knights in six. Yeah, I'm going bold this year. You see, I'm, I've been taking the easy way. I've been taking the lightning every single year the past three years. I'm done taking them. I'm going bold, and I'm taking wild in six. Um. All right, so last the north. Uh, Maple Leafs, Canadians. Leafs in four. <laughs> I wrote Leafs. Five. In, I wrote Leafs in four, just off of what you guys said. <laughs> it seems like in a sweep. No, 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 uh, no. The Habs will win it. No, it'll probably be Leafs in six or seven, but Leafs will win that series. But I'm gonna say just four, just for fun. Um, Oilers, Jets. Oilers in six. Oilers in six. All right, then Oilers seven. Not gonna lie, I have a Stanley Cup rematch. Lightning and why don't why don't I remember? Nope, no, 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 not from last year. Not from oh, last year. Oh, oh, oh. 
from a long time ago, but I have a Stanley Cup rematch. Okay. My my final prediction is the same as it was on the preview episode. Wow. I have one team for my preview. All right, let's give our final four. Let's get a final four. I have my final four from I'll, I'll rattle mine off first. Okay. Um I chose Vegas. I first off, my prediction, it just seems like it's it's an uneducated prediction, which it honestly is, but um I went Vegas uh, out of the West, which they would be the one because they okay. reseed them all based off regular season. Uh playing the Oilers, which I picked the Oilers just because I was just so uh impressed by by Dreisaitl and McDavid's yep. point total, but then you guys kind of convinced me since they lack depth, and I feel like depth is really important, but I, I'm since I'm stupid, I'm going to keep it. The Oilers going there, and then uh, I chose the Pens out of the East just because I want it to happen, obviously. And then out of the Central, I went Lightning. So Pens, Lightning, and Vegas, Oilers. How did So there's no conference championship this year. So I think the so if it's the semifinals, I think it just goes by like the most points for the regular season versus the least points in the regular season. Right. Yeah. I think that's how it goes. I think that's how it goes. But I've all right, you go, you go, you say yours, Tim. Um, East Bruins, Central Canes, um, West Vegas, uh, North Leafs. I got North the Oilers. Central, uh, Hurricanes, East Bruins, West Minnesota. All right. And then I was, I, was too, I was way too mean to them last year. You were. You owe them one. <laughs> um, for my final, I got Vegas over Tampa. That'd be awesome. That'd be an awesome series. Yep. I'll say mine right now. I got Carolina over the Edmonton Oilers rematch 2006 Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> Oilers you hinted at it earlier. What's yours? All right, same sticking sticking to what I had in the uh, preview episode. Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights over the Carolina Hurricanes. Nice. I don't think we actually picked it. We just we just picked the finalist in that I other had... episode. I had the Flyers, so that's how that's where I was. <laughs> wow! My dad's trying to tell me too how the Flyers are going to get Jack Eichel and Seth Jones and all these guys up there. I was like, Dad, they're not. <laughs> I was like, Remember when the Flyers are going to get? We're going to get Shea Weber. Like, it's the same exact thing. And Gaudreau. Ah, uh, these Philly fans never learn. They don't I, in any dude, sport. I, I think it's going to go Leafs-Carolina, another seven-game Stanley Cup final. And I can't wait for it because it's good. Honestly, though, if wait, it was – Wait, wait, wait. Oilers, Oilers or Leafs? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Canes-Oilers. I'm sorry. Canes, Canes, okay. Dude, I re- – dude, I just think I re- – if Vegas was playing anybody else, if Vegas won the division, I would probably have Vegas in the first round. If Tampa Bay wasn't playing Carolina round, or I'm sorry, Florida round one, I might have Tampa Bay again. But they're just going to get beat up from that series. 
it's going to be a huge emotional series against a big rival. Next thing you know, they have to go do that again against Carolina, who's better than than Florida, but doesn't play with as much. Not, they're not that big of a rival, you know what I'm saying? Not as big as not that they they wouldn't be after the series, but yeah, I kind of had a different train of thought from you on that because you know, I with with Vegas, I'm going if they survive that series. Like obviously, like they have to win, but if, if they survive and you know make it out without any major bumps and bruises, I think they're going to be you know ready to pick up that same tempo against Colorado. And if Colorado yes. has a somewhat easy series against the Blues, I think Vegas is going to come in there just ready to roll. I agree that Vegas would be Colorado if they meet. I, I'm gonna I'm sticking with that. Vegas would be Colorado if they play, which would be awesome. By the way, that'd be a fantastic series. I mean, even now, dude, these series now are so good. They're all so good. They are. I, I, some of the first round series are like conference final level matchups. Dude, I, yeah. The, the, all those East matchups are so good. They're, they're ridiculous. It's a war. It's yeah, and I, I feel like, may, I mean, I don't know for sure. I want to hear what you guys think. Like, is there more like rivalry, you think, since they're playing these same guys the whole year? Definitely. That's Definitely. an added element to the, to the excitement factor of it. Dude, these series have been nasty so far. Like, they yeah. hate each other. Yep. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the rest of this playoffs. Ho- playoff yeah. hockey is pro- – I mean, uh, all playoffs are great, but playoff all hockey playoffs is, is different than the rest for sure. It's it's The, the intensity is just yeah. – it's any chance that you just have no idea. Um, I guess that wraps up our episode of our NHL preview. Thank you, uh, NHL insider Temp and friend Frankie for 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 hopping on. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is Frankie's make a wish. I <laughs> am I am also Jack's roommate, by the way. Just a disclaimer, for <laughs> but Jack, thank you for having me on again. It was a pleasure. Yeah, that was a lot. Always. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so be sure to follow us, follow the show on Instagram, subscribe on all platforms and let's go hockey. Let's go hockey. Always, let's go. always dude. It's going to be a great playoffs. It's going to be a great, over, it's been three days at this point and it's been, I'm, I'm, I haven't even slept cause I get too excited. I get too worked up. I was, I was in shambles tonight. Jeez, man. All right. Get yourself together. <laughs> No, it's fun. It's so, it's this is this is what my dad was. He's like, man, I'm so glad the Flyers aren't in the playoffs this year. I was like, Dad, I know it's really stressful to watch, but it's so much more fun when your team's in the playoffs. It's so much more fun because you actually care, you know. Like if you're just watching, not that it's not fun to watch the games. If it's just a fantastic hockey like that, like that uh, Florida Tampa game. I mean, nobody really cares about those teams, but if you're just watching, it's a lot of fun. But if you had a real stake in one of those teams, it would be so much better. It just makes yeah, it's part of you. Yeah, it makes it so much better.